Amen. How many are ready for the word? Can I get a hallelujah? Amen. Open up your Bibles with me to Ephesians chapter 4, verse 17. How many were happy with the word Pastor Lauren preached last week? Let's give it up for her. We love you. Awesome job. Awesome job. Today we're going to be talking about children of the light. Somebody say children of the light. Amen. So much to get into. So let's just go right into the passage. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 17, teaching us about the word of God today. Ephesians 4.17 says, So I tell you this and insist on it in the Lord, that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do in the futility of their thinking. They are darkened in their understanding. Everybody say darkened. So they're darkened in their understanding, separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. So what we're going to be talking about today is being children of the light. We're enlightened in our mind. The world is not enlightened in their mind. Don't let the Buddhist or people like that take away the term enlightenment. The, the term enlightenment literally means to have the light turned on. We have the light turned on. They do not. The sinner, those outside of Christ, live in darkness. That's going to come in, uh, in into view more as we go on. It says, they are darkened in their understanding, separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. Having lost all sensitivity, they've given themselves over the sensuality so as to indulge in every kind of impurity. They are full of greed. That, however, is not the way of life you learned when you heard about Christ and were taught in him with, in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus. Somebody say, I was taught better. Amen. You were taught better. You were taught, verse 22, with regard to your former way of life, to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your minds, to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. And we've been talking about that in the past messages about how a new self determines new behaviors. You don't get a new self by doing new behaviors. You get a new self and then you do new behaviors. Verse 25, therefore, each of you must put off falsehood, speak truthfully to your neighbor, for we are all members of one body. These are the things we do as Christians. In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. Do not give the devil a foothold. Anyone who has been stealing must steal no longer, but must work doing something useful with their own hands that they may have something to share with those in need. These are the things that Christians do. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. How many know today you've got to watch your words? Amen. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you are sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling, and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. How many are forgiven today? Amen. So if you're forgiven, you forgive. Now, verse 1, chapter 5, we continue on, says, follow God's example. Therefore, as dearly loved children, and walk in the way of love. The way of love is the way of Christ. Just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. But among you, there must not even be a hint of sexual immorality or any kind of greed or impurity or, uh, excuse me, or uh, any kind of impurity or of greed because these are improper for God's holy people. So since we are holy people, there are things that are improper for us. What's improper for us? It's improper for us to be obscene. It's improper for us to be unholy. It's improper for us to live according to the way of the world. Nor should there be obscenity, foolish talk, or coarse joking, which are out of place, but rather thanksgiving. 
For of this you can be sure. And this is what I talked about before I went on vacation. It says, before this you can be sure, no immoral, impure, or greedy person, such a person as an idolater, has an inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of such things, God's wrath comes on those who are disobedient. Therefore, do not be partners with them. So do you see the list of things that Paul told us to do there come from the new nature? And then he said there, if you do these things, you shall not inherit the kingdom of God. So we're not to be partners with sinners. Now, this is today's passage. Let's read these three verses, verses 8, 9, and 10 together. One, two, three. For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of the light, for the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth, and find out what pleases the Lord. Now, look at verse 11 with me. Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness. So we are to have nothing to do with them because we're light, but rather expose them. It is shameful to even mention what the disobedient do in secret, but everything exposed by the light becomes visible and everything that is illuminated becomes a light. That's going to be key to our understanding today about children of the light. That is why it said, wake up, sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. So what marks our days? They are what? So what marks our days? They are what? Well, I'm going to say it again. What marks our days? They are evil. The days are evil. So that means the days we live in are dark days. And so you are called to be a child of light. Now, if you find yourself in um, partnership with darkness, like as if you were going to a movie theater, when someone would turn on the light in a movie theater, the light would annoy you. The light will bother you. And so if you find yourself bothered by the things of God, it's not because God has changed. It's because you've changed your position. You found yourself in darkness. And so the days are evil. So we should not think it's strange that evil is with us. We shouldn't think it's strange when governments are evil or when people do evil or when we see evil happen among us. So that is the pattern of the world. But the pattern of the Christian is the pattern of light. Verse 17, therefore do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. And we'll be talking about those things in the next coming weeks. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another with psalms and hymns and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Everybody say amen to that. Thank you. So we're going through the book of Ephesians. We've started with the heavenly-minded goodies in the first four chapters. Now in the, the last three chapters, we're going through the Christian living section, which is earthly good. We're hearing the instructions on Christian living. Next time, uh, next as we go into the instructions for the family, then we'll go into the instructions on spiritual warfare, then the final greetings. But as we've gone through this, we're over halfway through. We're learning that the Christian lives a different life. And so if you're keeping track, we're on number 12 today with the five messages left that I um, want to get to so that you can see how it all ties together. But I, I want you to be patient because this is part of learning the Scriptures. 
When I go and I meet people from around the country, especially in the Bible Belt, I notice people don't know the Scriptures. They don't know the truth of God in which they are to be taught. And so I want you to be taught differently. I want you to know the things of God. And so in our church, we're not ashamed of a list like this. We're not ashamed of the Scriptures. We go verse by verse in the teachings of them. Don't always have to do that. Sometimes we can do what's called a topical message. But for the most part, our pattern is studying the Scripture within the context. And so when we go to the context of this Scripture today, we see that once we were darkness... And I cannot emphasize the seriousness of that enough to you today. There is no one outside of Christ that is in light. If Mahatma Gandhi never came to Christ, he remained in darkness. If today the Pope has not been born again, he is in darkness. Everyone outside of Christ is in darkness. But now... Paul, writing to the Ephesians people, says, you are light. So what changed? What changed our position from light to darkness? It's this phrase right here, in the Lord. That's the phrase that changes everything. That's why in our sermon series, as you see, I make these uh, cute title pictures here. They're just to give us the message over and over and over again of what Ephesians is saying, that we are in Christ. That outside of Christ, the triangle representing the Trinity of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, that outside of Christ, we are in darkness. And that is where the world is today. And so I don't want to seem to be rude or to be mean, but I want to name off a bunch of places where people live today spiritually, and I want you to tell me if they are in light or if they are in darkness. And say it with authority like you're up this morning. Is Islam today in light or in darkness? Okay, for the majority of media from TVs to entertainment to news, are they in light or are they in darkness? Hinduism, Buddhism, Taoism, all the isms of the Eastern philosophies, are Sikhism, are they in light or are they in darkness? All political parties that don't acknowledge Jesus Christ as Lord, from communism to socialism to all the other isms that do not start with the premise that they are creatures of God, their creator through Jesus Christ. Are they in light? Are they in darkness? All of your friends and family who have not accepted Christ and been born again, whether they are religious, whether they go to a church, whether they go every day, are they in light or are they in darkness? Darkness. For you, even without Christ, were what? In light or in darkness? What were you in? Darkness. There's the message. That's it. It is not a rude message. It is not a mean message. It is not a what we would call a man-centered, judgmental message. I am not judging your position in light or in darkness based on my preferences towards your behavior. I don't like skinny jeans. I don't want anything to do with skinny jeans. The Lord gave me too much junk in the trunk for me to fit into skinny jeans. Are you listening to me? My children got a badunkadunk because I have one. Listen to me. I don't like skinny jeans, but I am not making a judgment based on your skinny jeans. 
I don't like most uh, pop music pop music as it is. I've never been into pop music. New Kids on the Block reminded me of kids I beat up on the block, okay? That was never the crew I ran with. I didn't run with Joey. I didn't go to the mall with Joey, okay? I hung out with another set of friends, most of them in jail right now, <laughs> okay? Uh, you know, I ran with a different set. I'm not making a judgment based on your pop music. Or we're not making a judgment based on Ellen and her sense of humor. Or Orpah Winfrey's taste of the month. Or whatever she chooses, the book of the month. These are not personal judgments. It doesn't matter how I feel about them. It doesn't matter whether or not I love falafels and shawarma and Arabic food. It does not change the belief that the Bible said we should have towards them being in light or in darkness. It doesn't matter if my favorite Chinese restaurant in the area, uh, Jess Cafe, it doesn't matter whether or not I like her food or don't like her food. The Buddha statue that she puts food before in her restaurant symbolizes an idol and tells me she's still in darkness. Whether I like it or not, but I happen to like it. Right? It doesn't matter. It, it doesn't matter. There is light and there is darkness. And what separates you from light and darkness is whether or not you are in Jesus. And Jesus taught you and he taught us, taught me how to be in him. And the book of Ephesians is written to people who have already accepted him and have chosen the gospel to be what they put their faith in. See, don't let people tell you they don't have faith and they only believe something like science. My friends, you have to have faith in science for science to work. Because if you try to prove everything with science, you couldn't even prove science itself. You have to have faith that your instruments are giving you correct measurements. You have to have faith in the uniformity of nature, that it will be in the future like it has been in the past when you did your test. And you have to believe that science is knowable to you as a self and that you are not just an imagination in somebody's virtual reality. You have to have faith to do the first experiment. Are you listening? Otherwise, you can prove nothing. It's an infinite regress. So don't let people tell you that faith is not a part of their everyday life. Everyone has faith. Everyone has a belief in something as their starting point. And only one is the correct starting point, and that's Jesus and his gospel. In the beginning of Ephesians, Paul said, I'm an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God. Now look at who he's writing here to. It's his introduction to God's holy people in Ephesus, the faithful in Christ Jesus. That was a choice that they made. They could be saints or they could be ain'ts. Because you hear a lot of people say, well, I ain't perfect. Well, I ain't ever going to change. Well, that's who you'll always be. You'll be an ain't. But there's people who say, I'm a saint. I'm a holy person because that's what that means in the Greek. And what they are is the saints of God, the holy people of God, the hagios, the people set apart for the things of God as you see it coming up there in the Greek. It is a special position that we have. But not only that, we are the pistos, the faithful in Christ. 
See, I'm faithful to remain in the light. That's why I've been a pastor for 22 years. Not in my own strength, but I've allowed Christ to strengthen me to remain. But it was a choice to remain. And so for some of you, you were once darkness. You came into the light in the Lord, and yet now you are back in darkness. And the Bible says that's a backslider. You need to slide back the other way. How many here today say, I'm not going back to darkness. I'm going to remain in the light. Amen. Then this next phrase is for you. It says, now live as children of the light. So if you and I are going to claim Christ as our Lord and Savior and say, truly we once were darkness and now we're light, now prove it by your actions. Don't do it to try to become light. There's nothing you can ever do to make yourself light. You have to be made light. When you're born again, you're made the light of God. So now live as light. Is that not clear to us? Just look at it again. Now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light. What comes first, the behavior of children of light or being made a child or a ch children of light? What comes first, being made or doing? Being made a child of light. See, you are a child of light. So now live like one. Live like a child that's not in darkness. And so what is your life going to be marked as as you Come into the light of the commands of God. What is your light going to be marked with? For the fruit of the light consists in all goodness. Your life will be good. In all righteousness, your life will be right with God. And in all truth, you will have the aletheia in Greek, the truth of God. And you won't be deceived by the devil who is a liar and has always told lies. Look at your life now, those of you who claim to be children of the light. Does your light, uh, does your life bear the fruit of life? Does your life bear the fruit of light, rather, which is goodness, righteousness, and truth? We are children of light. We do the things of light. And then this is the proof. We are good. We are righteous. And we are true. And then lastly, he says on that point, and find out what pleases the Lord. How many seek God on a daily basis to please him, to know his will for your life, to decide what I ought to do in these situations? Does anybody find a direct command to them in the Bible? No, it's always indirect. We hear what he said to Peter, and we say, okay, I'll give that a shot, but just be careful you don't go out of the boat and try to walk on water. Because there are circumstances to commands. But sometimes we, we look at the Bible and we get lost in there because we don't see in there who we're supposed to marry. And we don't see in there what job we're supposed to have. And we don't see in there how we're supposed to spend our money. Do, do we buy the house or do we keep renting? Do we uh, move to this state or do we stay where we're at? And so what does the Christian do in those circumstances? They now have to find out. They have to find it. They have to go searching to get it. So those of you who say, I don't know what God wants me to do, God is saying, come and find what to do.
Come and search what to do. So it's a passive-aggressive assault against God for you to say, I don't know what he wants me to do. That's a passive-aggressive assault against him because he says you will find it when you search for it. When you knock, the door is answered. When you seek, you find. That's the true calling. They're not seeking a Lambo, not seeking just more fame down here. No, when you truly seek God for your marriage, you will find specific things in the Word of God that will relate to you. You will hear the voice of God speaking it to you. And then now look at what he says in verse 11. I cannot emphasize this enough. He says, have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. You know that we name public figures here because public figures is what people follow most of the time. Most people get their news from public news. They don't get it by word of mouth from a trusted friend. Most people follow what they see their musicians doing. That's why today, all of you young people who think you're so cool, you're no different than anybody else in the world today. You're just a product of your generation. The reason why you don't like Indian-style music, Bollywood, is because you weren't born in India. You're no more than just a rubber stamp to whatever is coming down the pike. You think you're unique, but you're no more unique than the stamp that stamped you. And so you think to yourself, I'm so different. Look at me, my color of my hair or my style of music or my style of dress. But you look just like everybody else around you. If you really want to be different, expose darkness and live in light. Then you will see how much you now stand out. You will see quickly who's your real friends, young people. You will find out real fast, my hipster congregation, who really wants to go to the coffee shop with you then. Right? You'll really find out then what you have in common with these friends. Because it's, it's not as different as you think it is. You're not as unique as you think you are. You like the music that your generation pumps down the pipe. You like your food that you were brought up with. You like to speak the language with the slang you were taught by the people you were around. All of this is a product of your generation. And some of it's not bad. Obviously today I'm not wearing a robe because I'm not in the Middle East. You know, we, we can embrace them as much as we can. The Bible says you're in the world, but you're not of the world. So that's fine. But here's what we have to understand. When it comes to darkness, have nothing to do with it. When it comes to the fruitless deeds of darkness, you not only say, I avoid it, but you point your finger at it and you expose it. So we're not only Christians based on what we don't do. I don't go to the bar. I don't uh, 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 have same-sex attraction. I don't join gangs. No, not only do I not go to the bar, I go in front of the party place and I preach the gospel. Not only do I not have same-sex attraction, but I go to Boys Town and tell them it's a sin. Not only do I not join a gang, I go to the gangs and tell them Jesus died for them so they don't have to die for each other. I'm willing to expose it because it's worth it to me. That's what the Bible says. Light is that precious in this culture. It is a commodity that must be shared. It's as if Plato's, uh, one of his philosophies, one of the stories he told has now come true in our day. Plato talked about a man living in a dark cave with a bunch of people that never saw light. And they didn't know colors. 
And they had no idea of the spectrum of color and rainbows and so forth. And one man escapes the cave and he now sees the light for the first time because they had been trapped down there having children down there. You have to follow the the idea of he's building here. And he goes up there and he sees light and he sees all of the wonderful spectrum of colors from the beautiful green of leaves to to the yellow of the sun to the blue of the sky. And he goes back into that cave and he tries to tell them what is out outside of that cave. And yet they do not believe him, and they call him a liar. They don't know what they don't know. My friends, this culture doesn't know what they don't know. Why? Because they are in darkness. They have not seen the light. Me exposing their darkness is not me being angry with them. It is not me hating them. It is exactly the opposite. It is me loving them. It is like Plato's thing going to a whole nother level. Not only do we go down there and tell them, but we start blowing up the walls of that cave so that the light can shine in and they can see it for themselves. So they can see the glory of our God. Now we cannot violate people's will. And as I said, blowing stuff up, we ain't going to blow up the club. We're not going to blow up the gangs and go at war with them Christians versus the Crips or whatever. No, but we need to blow up their worldview. Don't be afraid of arguments. There can be fruitless arguments you just need to walk away from. There's two, there's two scriptures in Proverbs. One says, don't answer the fool according to his folly, lest he think he's wise in his own eyes. There are fools you have to walk away from. The Bible says, don't throw your pearls before swine. You just have to say, my time's more valuable. But then the, the very next proverb then says, answer a fool according to his folly, lest he think he's wise in his own eyes. So you then have to know, what fool are you talking to? And Mr. T used to say, I pity the fool. So sometimes you have to pity the fool and expose their worldview. Verse 12, it is shameful to even mention what the disobedient do in secret. I expose as much as I can here, but there are things going on in our culture that I refuse to give a public platform to because it's that vile and gross. Things that are now happening at the gay pride parades, people that are now in these gangs, the the vile witchcraft things they're doing to each other, things that people do to children, all of this is so vile and disgusting. The Bible says it's shameful. So if it's shameful, we should be careful that we don't pay $7.99 to go see it at a movie theater with popcorn. Amen? Be careful what you watch. But look at verse 13. But everything exposed by the light becomes visible. See, on Judgment Day, it's all going to become visible. And everything that's illuminated becomes a light. Now, this is so important. This is why I wanted you to understand the the part where it says they're darkened in their understanding. See, the Christian is now enlightened in their understanding. If you remember that term enlightenment, Paul also used it when he was in the beginning of his letter. He said, I pray that you might be enlightened in chapter 1 here. Look at what he says, chapter 1, verse 18 of Ephesians. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be what? may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance. The wicked are darkened in their understanding, but the Christian is enlightened in their understanding. So how does Joe no longer have sex with multiple girls? Just because I decided to stop having sex with multiple girls when I was 18? No, because Jesus made me light and my mind was enlightened to what multiple sex with girls was. Pleasurable in the moment? Yes. Painful for my soul later. 
Physical pleasure, yes, in the moment, but solically painful later, right? A moment of pleasure on the lips, a lifetime on the hips. Come on, somebody. You know that. That's, it goes with your food. See, all the fleshly carnal desires, they tease us with their momentary pleasures. But those who are enlightened in their minds will know that it's not worth it in the end. So we're not saying to Ellen DeGeneres, we hate you so much that we want to tell you you're going to hell. No, what we're praying for Ellen is that she'll be enlightened in her mind and she will see that's not her purpose. But she was made for a greater purpose. But you see, I can't force that on her. And praise God for freedom. Freedom. As long as you don't hurt people, that's what the law says, right? But Christ says this, it's your freedom, but you're free to go to hell as well. So you don't get to make your rules up and go to heaven. It's his rules to go to heaven. And so I pray this, from Ellen to Trump to Clinton to all these public figures to everybody today in this church, including myself, that we personally will become illuminated and become light. Think of it like this. There's a light that burns with a fire. And then you put something in the fire. And then that thing becomes a part of the light in the fire. My friends, when you give your life to God, he burns up everything that doesn't belong and sets you on fire for his glory. The Bible says he is a consuming fire. He changes you. I know you may be mad at me now as a preacher. You and your culture may be upset with me now. I know I have many Christians here as well, but just hear my heart as I talk to those who get upset. But you will thank me later as you come into the fire of God, as you come into the presence of God. And it says, that is why it is said in verse 14, wake up, sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will what? Christ will shine on you. Have you had Christ shine on you yet? Have you had the light of Christ shine on you? Well, I don't know about you, but I like when sun shines on me. I'm peeling right now because I was out in Florida. It shined on me so much. And you know, our flesh isn't meant to take all of that radiation. But do you know that the light of Christ, the spiritual light, is the glory of God that we were covered with when we were naked in the garden and didn't even know it. When you see a light bulb, it can be so bright that you can't see the glass casing anymore. All you see is the light around it. But there's a glass casing in there. There's a spiral you know, thing going on with the metal that makes it happen. But it can be so bright that all you see is the light. There's things going on in the sun that you can't see, but all you see is that bright light. I want you to understand today, God wants to cover you with his light. God wants to cover all the things going on in your heart, all your doubts, all of your fears, all of your troubles, all of the worries. We all go through life, my friends. No one's promised a yellow brick road. But what God says is he will cover you with his light. And you will be consumed by that light. And the world around you will see Christ shining on you. That was the introduction. Look at your neighbor and say, here comes the message. I want you to live as children of the light. I want you to be inspired to be a child of the light. We have people in our church from every possible background you can imagine. We have people that have, can, have uh, committed blue-collar, white-collar crimes, and in-the-hood kind of crimes. We've had all kinds of criminals get saved here, okay? We've had people from gay and lesbian, transvestite, cross-dressing, get saved and know Jesus here.
We've had people who were born Christian, are born into a Christian family, backslide and come back and get saved here. We've had those who have never known Jesus from other religions give their heart here. So it doesn't matter where you're at, what you've done. If you recognize the truth of Jesus Christ, you will see you have been in darkness without God, and through Christ you can have light. And those of us who have accepted that, these are the promises for you. And if you haven't, I want you to be jealous. I want you to get jelly of what we have so you can get it too. You say, I thought jealousy was wrong. No, the Bible says there's actually a godly jealousy. Paul talks about it. A jealousy that really says, I wish I had what they had. Because I've been given a promise to have it too. Paul said, I have a godly jealousy. He literally called it a godly jealousy. There's a godly anger too. Come on, somebody. There's godly sex. Y'all listening to me? There's all types of godly things. There's godly wealth. There's a way to have money and be godlike. Come on. And there's a godly way to live your life where there'll never be darkness in your heart. Listen to the promises found in the Bible. As always, my messages are shorter than my introduction, but I pray you'll be, I just pray you'll be fascinated by this. I am so just intrigued by the way the writers of scriptures use light as a reference point for the things of God in the believer's life. Tell me if this inspires you. Many of it's poetic language. Psalm 37 verse 6. He will make your righteous reward shine like the dawn, your vindication like the noonday sun. The Bible says on Judgment Day, when all the wrongs are made right, our rewards will look like the dawn, our vindication like the noonday sun. Isaiah 60 is probably a reference to the scripture we had just read in Paul's writings where he says, Arise, uh, wake up sleeper from the dead. This is probably a reference to Paul, uh, to, to Isaiah here. Isaiah 60 says, Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. See, darkness covers the earth, and thick darkness is over the peoples, but the Lord rises upon you, his glory upon appears over you nations will come to your light and kings to the brightness of your dawn how many know we're attracted to light and darkness when you're in darkness you follow the light People's the Bible. I'm not saying this. Listen to me. The Bible says this. People will be attracted to you because of the light that God has placed upon you. Even kings will be drawn to you because of the brightness of your dawn. Dr. Michael Brown was saying he was in a church service just like this. Somebody prophesied, you shall go before princes and preach my word. He thought that was as silly as most of you would think it were to be silly if I were to say it to you. But within two weeks, because of divine appointments, he was preaching the gospel to a prince. You have no idea who you will interact with in life and how God will use you. Nations will come to your light and kings to the brightness of your dawn. You can't do that if you're trying to be like everybody else. If you're trying to hide your light, to be dark like everybody else, it's not going to work. I'm reminded of like another cartoon. You've seen them. They're all kind of the same, but it's the one where everybody has a deficiency 
And this particular one, it was, everybody was really ugly. Like, I'm talking like trollish ugly. And the one was like a normal person without, you know, the trollish looking characteristics. But all the trolls made fun of the, 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 the normal looking person. Because to them, if you looked normal, that was ugly, right? Some of you know the kind of cartoons I'm talking about. I can't remember which one. But that's what it's like. You're shining like the light. People are making fun of you. And then you want to try to put on a, a big nose to look like a troll. You want to start acting like them. No, don't be no troll. Be a child of light. Don't be ashamed of the character and the way God is making you to be. Daniel 12, 2 through 3. Talking about the end days. Multitudes who sleep in the dust of the earth will awake. Everyone will come up from the earth and awake. Some to everlasting life and some to everlasting contempt and shame. Okay, listen, guys, there's going to be a resurrection from the dead. Just as surely as Jesus was raised raised from the dead, everyone's going to be raised from the dead, and some will go to hell in shame and contempt. Others will go to everlasting life. Look at verse 3. I hope you all get this today. I really do. Those who are wise, look at this, will shine like the brightness of the heavens. And those who lead many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever. Don't feel sorry for me getting made fun of now. Don't don't feel sorry for me now. Because I will shine like a star one day on this earth. C.S. Lewis said it like this. On the day of judgment, those who come up and we see the shame on them, they will be more despicable to us than our worst imagination of a demon or a devil. When we see sinners in their true state of sin and darkness, they will be more disgusting to us than any fictional thing we've ever called a devil or a demon. Man defiled by sin, like an orc from Lord of the Rings, more than that. But then C.S. Lewis said, the children of God will look more glorious than any angel, any superhero, any character people have ever invented. It will be so glorious what people look like that those who are in their wretchedness will look to us and try to worship us. They will see us so distinctly different than them. That's not my writing or even C.S. Lewis. He's getting that from the Bible. The ones go to eternal life. The others go to shame and to everlasting contempt. And the wise shine with the brightness of the heavens. Do you know how bright a star is? You will shine as bright as the stars of the sky. This is not some silly make-believe story. This is the one who made the stars. And he says, I will make my glory shine on you brighter than the stars themselves. Woo! Get you some of that today. Hallelujah. Why? Because in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was the same one that said, let there be light, and bang, it happened. He was with God in the beginning through all things. Uh, Through Him all things were made. Without Him nothing was made that has been made. Talking about Jesus, He's the Word. In Him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. And that light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. 
They can try to kill us as Christians in their countries where they persecute us. Your neighbors can try to throw shade on you. They can try to judge you. They can get upset with you. But I'll tell you one thing they can't do, and that's extinguish the light of Christ on the inside of you because its source is the source of all light, Jesus Christ Himself. And if you don't believe me, just try it. Go into the darkest cellar, the darkest part of your basement, and say, you ready, darkness? I'm going to take you on and light a match and see who wins. The darkness of that scary basement or that match. Jesus is the light. He wins every time. Light wins every time. I don't care how much darkness is in your heart today. I don't care how confused you've been about life, your sexuality, the friends you have, or what's been done to you by parents or loved ones. I don't care how dark it is on the inside. You may be contemplating suicide. You may not even want to live anymore. But the light of Christ shines in the darkness. And the darkness will not overcome it ever why am I to here today why am I here because Christ shined his light in an 18 year old drug addict and my darkness couldn't overcome it I was overcome by the light of Christ did you know that Jesus gave us a little peekaboo of his glory because he always existed in the light but when he came down he came as one of us but in Matthew 17, 1 through 2, it says, After six days, Jesus took Peter, James, and John, the brother of James, and led them to a high mountain by themselves. There he was transfigured, metamorphosized before them. His face shone like the sun, and his clothes became as white as the light. That's the exact same description that we're told we get in Revelation chapter 21, verses 22 and onward. My friends, you're like Christ on the inside now. But one day you'll be like Him on the outside too. And I'm telling you what, it's not about a black man, a white man, an Asian man. It's about the God-man Jesus Christ. It is about being made in His image. We all will be made in His image, clothed with glory. Amen. Revelation 21, 22 says, I did not see a temple in the city. This is when God's kingdom comes to earth once and for all. The new Jerusalem, as the Bible says, because the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are its temple. The city does not need the sun. <laughs> it doesn't need it. Let's see if we don't need it now, right? Come on. Go out further from the sun into outer space and see if you need it. Come on. But on this day in this new earth, the city does not need the sun or the moon to shine on it. For the glory of God gives it light. And the Lamb is its lamp. The nations will walk by its light. And the kings of the earth will bring their splendor into it. This will go on for, for ages. 25. And on no day will its gates ever be shut. For there will be no night there. The glory and honor of the nations will be brought into it. Now watch this, watch this. Nothing impure will ever enter it. So that's why you've got to be made light. 
That's why you got to toss your log into the fire of God and get burned up and become like Him. Because nothing impure will enter it. Nor will anyone who does what is shameful or deceitful. Very clear. Go back and understand the Scriptures if it's not clear. But the Bible makes it clear what is shameful, what is deceitful, what is impure. We've already read it even in Ephesians today. But only those who have done good works, no, only those who went to church all the time, no, only those whose names are written in the Lamb's book of life. So we're not saved by our works. We're saved by being blessed and and, and made a new creation by the Lamb. And then we do the good works. Amen? I don't make myself light. He makes me light and I do the works of light. I don't have time to read that other passage in Revelation. This is the words of Jesus in closing. Somebody say in closing. Come on. Matthew 5, 14 through 16. Jesus talking. You are the light of the world. Look at your neighbor and say, you are the light of the world. Amen. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. Somebody say, in the same way. In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Altar workers and band, would you come? All of us here today, would you just... Begin to get into an attitude of prayer. Just at your seat before we go. I want you just right now to search your heart and see if you're in light or if you're in darkness. Be honest with yourself right now. If you have not been born again, would you ask Jesus to come into your heart and make you a new creation? Ask Him to make you light. And those of us here today who say... I know I've been born again. Would you just start to ask the Lord's light to shine in and through you right now? In and through you right now. In and through you right now. In and through you right now. And as you believe it, as you believe it, I want you to stand up and just shout out, I will be the light of the world. If you believe it today, shout it out as you stand up and say, I will be the light of the world. We're going to take our time until everyone has a chance to stand. We don't necessarily have to hear you, but you just do it right now and believe it as you stand. You're standing in the light of the Lord. You will be a city on a hill. You will let your good deeds shine before men. You're willing to let the light use you, God's light to use you to expose darkness. Start to pray for places right now you can get your shine on. Those who are already standing. Those who are still sitting will give you a few moments. But who wants to be light in the Lord today? Wake up, O sleeper. Rise from the dead. And Christ will shine on you. Christ will shine on you today. Nations will come to your light. Kings. Jesus. Jesus, come on, pray for places you can shine your light right now, the light of Christ.